Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Football Hawks, where you know we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden. I'm recording live from Atlanta, Georgia on a wonderful, wonderful Saturday afternoon, January 22nd, the day after the Hawks pulled off a win at State Farm Arena holding off the surge from the Miami Heat. And just like the game in Kanye's new song, the Hawks make it easy. They do not make it easy. Tug at the heartstrings. But last night marks a third straight win, and it seems like the team is going back in the right direction. It seems like they only need to play second half of seasons because first half of the season is just a matter here in Atlanta. Um, it's about how you finish. And it seems like they're – Keeping back up the Eastern Conference standings, and today we have a special, special guest here to talk through the recent surge from the Hawks. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going to need to happen going forward, uh, how we're going to keep pushing P, and um, I'm going to introduce the guest, but first, you already know this plug. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation. And all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%. Just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. And as I said, I'm here to introduce a very special guest. I just saw a tweet that I'm really interested to get his opinion on. Uh, this guy... A friend of the program. I'm so glad to get him on here today. Uh, Atlanta Hawks reporter for Sports Illustrated, Pat Benson Jr. Put some respect on the junior because he is trying to outlive the senior. Never mind. I, I, just, <laughs> I, 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 I thought about what I was going to do to intro you. I just wanted to make it grand and uh, just kick it to you. Let the audience uh, know who you are and say what's up. Hey, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. I'm a fan of your content, not just the pod, but everything you put online. And uh, it's it's my the pleasure is all mine, man. I'm glad to be here. 
Man, I'm glad to have you too. Uh, I know we went back and forth before we started recording. Uh, he is a, a Gator fan, and uh, you're starting to meet nicer Gator fans since I've been in Atlanta. So um, they're kind of you know soft, soft in my heart. But you know who I roll with. Uh, yeah, you're a tiger, tiger bait out. Uh, but as soon as I hit record, Pat, I just saw a tweet from uh, Mike Conti, obviously for 92.9 FM here in Atlanta. In- find two getting errors on the Hawks next to last possession of last night's game. They said it actually wasn't a shot clock violation on Trey Young at the 30.3 mark, and that Trey Young was actually fouled by Bam Adebayo on his heave at the shot clock buzzer. That came out today. So I was talking to Pat about how I was getting off work and in the car listening to this game. Uh, what effect would those two corrections would have made on this game? Maybe a little less heartburn, um, yeah. blood pressure a little lower. What do you? A few less gray hairs for me. That's for sure, man. Uh, it's not surprising. The referees, you know, I hate to. It sounds you sound like a homer when you complain about the officiating, but I really believe that the NBA officials have internalized uh, this weird. Um, uh, rule change that was obviously targeted at Trey Young, and they've internalized it to the point where he can't get anything. And um, obviously his his free throws have decreased dramatically. But luckily, he's such a great player, it doesn't matter. He's just going to change his game around. But I really think these refs have internalized it to where they feel weird uh, when they do call a foul on Trey Young. You can see them thinking about it for a second, and the wheels are turning. Obviously, it would have made things a lot easier last night. But, uh, I mean, it, it's frustrating, no doubt. Yeah, and it's funny because I have a lot of people know I cover this show, and so they want to have the bad work about sports. Anytime I bring up officiating, they want to cast it aside and it's not an effect on the game. And Mm -hmm. as a former athlete myself and you covering sports, Mm -hmm. um, we try to be impartial, you know, Mm -hmm. covering the team to not throw the officiating under the bus. But it's clear that there is some agenda as far as getting free throws and getting fouls called throughout the game for most of the fourth quarter, it's like they wouldn't call a foul on the Miami Heat. And I don't know what the foul totals were going into the fourth quarter, if they were trying to balance that out mm-hmm. as they tried to do like a balancing act of calls. But yeah. I'm just glad it was something else outside of the turnovers uh, and obviously letting the three ball go, especially Robinson down the stretch to mm-hmm. hold off last night. But it is nice to hear that uh, the officiating crew made a mistake and hey, it could have made things a little easy uh, on the Atlanta Hawks, but it, it it certainly is frustrating. Yeah, man, no doubt. You know, there you've you've been around long enough. There's a hierarchy in the NBA. You know, the Lakers are up at the top. Uh, the Miami Heat are one of the teams up at the top. Some teams get postponed when they get COVID outbreaks. Other teams have to go sign Lance Stevenson. I'm not naming names. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a hierarchy, and the Atlanta Hawks are always the last team to eat. And, uh, you know, Atlanta's a small market. I, I don't know why, but it really is frustrating, whether it's, you know, the COVID stuff or the officiating. It really seems like uh, the Hawks just have a weird way of always drawing the short the short straw. Yeah, they definitely do, and I don't know why the NBA hates Atlanta so much, but loves them enough to throw an emergency All Star game in last year, but then didn't <laughs> invite the player who should be in. Thank it you. When Thank Ben you. when Ben Simmons, who is a quote unquote point guard um, mm-hmm. in this league, 
it calls out because of COVID and Trey Young is down the street and you can call him and say, hey, let's participate in the All-Star game here in Atlanta. And then you just don't, I don't know, lose his phone number or bad signal. Maybe they called in the elevator. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know what. Maybe they need a carrier pigeon or something. I finished watching Witcher the other week. Uh, maybe they need a pigeon send a message to Trey Young. But certainly the Hawks don't make it easy on themselves. And like I said, there was a surge, the surge last night, uh, 18 turnovers. When you look at the stats from last night's game, the hot shooting, they shot almost 56% from the floor. Overall, solid defense. And I love the defensive performances I've been seeing from the Hawks the last five games, I'd say, the last five games, and the changes that you have seen recently from the Hawks. Yeah, they've come a long way in just a week. Uh, it was about 10, day, 10, 11 days ago, and when, it was a Wednesday night against the Miami Heat, when they got ran off the court, and we heard those Let's Go Heat chants inside State Farm Arena. And, uh, yeah. you know, it felt like the wheels were coming off the season. And, uh, you know, they make the Cam Reddish trade. They drop a game to the Knicks. And since that time, they haven't lost. I think, obviously, their effort and their energy have been significantly better. Uh, they look uh, tuned in throughout the entire game. Uh, and, obviously, their defense is still a work in progress. You, you saw it last night where, um, you know, they are getting killed on some of those backdoor screens and way too many easy looks at the rim. It's still a work in progress. Luckily, they're still – like 40 games left to go in the regular season. So they're, they're going to figure it out. I'm just glad that they are able to flip the switch finally, and they are looking like uh, the team. They are starting to resemble the team from last spring. Yeah, and a stat that I've been wanting to kind of keep track of, and mm-hmm. it's going to seem petty. I mean, a lot of people can't keep <laughs> track of when Lloyd Pierce uh, mm-hmm. was released his duty last year and looking at Nathan Millen's record isolated from when – the Lloyd Pierce tenure mm-hmm. and same thing about this Cam Reddish trade. I know there's been j- jabs about more juice coming off of the bench uh, since mm-hmm. he's been gone. And I know that some people are like, Hmm, was he actually the problem? Do, is, is that mean spirited to say that? Or is there, is this something that actually something tangible? There is something real that Cam Reddish being gone may have something to do with this and change. You know, a week ago, I would have said you're crazy. You know, you can't take out uh, what, like 15 points a game and, and the energy and just the, the, the punch to the bench offensively. But I mean, now I'm going back to the drawing board on my theories. Maybe it's addition by subtraction. Maybe sometimes uh, just showing, hey, you know, nobody's other than Trey Young and uh, nobody's sacred. You know, everybody, everybody can go at any given moment. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just some negativity in the locker room. I still think more trades are coming. But, uh, you know, I, I got to go back and go back to the drawing board because you might be onto something. Yeah. And because there was reports that came out after the trade saying that reportedly, you know, Cam Reddish requested a trade this mm-hmm. this offseason after the run. And mm-hmm. then you hear murmurs and reports from the athletic and Hawks fans feel some type of way sometimes about uh, the athletic. <laughs> but um about apparently an executive said that they attributed last year's success to Lloyd Pierce being, you know, dismissed as the head coach mm-hmm. and Cam Reddish not being available to play, mm-hmm. which are some very like yeah. those, those are some yeah. tough comments. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know if it, I don't know how he acted around in the locker room. Um, was there tension? Was because just from what I 
perceive, and from what I see, there is times where he doesn't get his touches and shots mm-hmm. not going in. He may not give the same effort on the defensive end. And this was a guy that has, at this point, more turnovers than assistant career. And I would be very, really interested to see exactly what his minus is. Um, if, if all you can do is play defense and spurts and score when you're tuned in, obviously, yeah, when you're tuned in, what real impact are you making in the game? And I know a lot of people complained. Uh, I don't know if you were in this boat. A lot of people were like, why is T.A. getting more minutes than Cam Reddish? And I think it's because you know consistently the effort with TLC versus the Cam Reddish. Do you think that that's something, something there as well? Perhaps. You know, I thought perhaps uh, Reddish was coming off the bench just because the second unit needed a scoring punch. And I was like, all right, well, you know, it's already t- shots are already tight, you know, with the uh, Trey and, you know, John Collins wants more touches. We know TLC is not going to shoot much. Maybe that was kind of what I chalked that up to. But, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm questioning everything now. And you you hear those uh, the latest quotes. I don't know if you saw it today from Tom Thibodeau, but he's basically saying Cam Rush is going to have to work his way into the rotation. And it just seems like it just went from bad to worse. You know, I couldn't think of a worse scenario if I'm Cam Reddish and you look at the Knicks rotation and uh, not to go off on a tangent, but man, it just seems like not a great career move. Yeah, and try to be, you know, we both try to keep it uh, pushing P, keep it yeah. positive. And um, I, I saw it as maybe, you know, it is a fresh start. Uh, he Maybe he is that guy that can finally find, you know, shoot a uh, mantra that we've been trying Mm-hmm. to build since high school for Cam Reddish mm-hmm. and maybe just playing in the garden, playing next to RJ on a new team mm-hmm. in, new, in a new city. Uh, you get an opportunity to go against your former team three, four times a year, depending on scheduling. Yeah. And maybe that gives him new life, but you're absolutely right. You're going to have to play defense with Tibbs. And if you're not playing defense because you're not getting your touches and, and all that, it's not going to fly with him. It's not going to fly with him. And how hard he puts people through the rigor and practice, especially his starters or that eight man rotation, nine man rotation that he uses. Uh, durability is a question. So as mm-hmm. far as people saying we should have gotten more for Cam Reddish when you're not available, I mean, Kevin Knox in the first round pick sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. I'm starting to, you know, I guess I'm questioning everything. Maybe those Bleacher Report articles were right. Maybe we were overvaluing Cam Reddish because I was expecting more of a haul but, man, the more information that trickles out, the, the worse the situation seems. So, you know what? You know, you cut your losses. You get a draft pick, which is uh, definitely going to be something that they can use uh, in a trade. So, you know, um, keep it moving. It's a long season. It's a business. And um, it seems like whatever it did, a little shakeup, a little midseason shakeup so far has helped. It certainly has. Obviously, we have uh, made a little run since then. Um, and you mentioned that. I know because I was listening to the radio today um, as I was running some errands and they were talking about, well, with this recent surge, do the Hawks need to make another trade? Do they need to just run it back with these players? And I am not going to fall for the banana in a tailpipe. I'm not the cop, Beverly Hills cop. Pat, I don't peg you with that either. I don't think no. you're going to fall for that. Um, as far as trades going forward, who is the likely candidate that you see potentially being on this Hawks team? I think it's going to be John Collins. I think because uh, John Collins is uh, on a pretty team-friendly deal. He's uh, highly sought after around the league. We know Philly has interest. We know the Dallas Mavericks have interest. 
I don't think it'd be hard at all to move him. Personally, I'd hate to see him go because I think he's the heart and soul, and he provides so much of what this team lacks with that toughness and accountability. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's obviously sought after, and uh, I think uh, he would be a part of just about any trade package. Yeah, and I'm with you. I'm real hesitant to put, you know, Collins out there, even though his value speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shooting a almost 44% from three this year. Great yeah. teammate. Um, I, I agree with you. I think he's the emotional leader for this Hawks team. And as a guy that, you know, he can play hard, he, whatever role he's given on a nightly basis, he plays it to his, the best of his ability. Mm-hmm. For me, it's hard for me not to root for a guy like yeah. that and not yeah. to listen to a guy like that in the locker room. And maybe some of his words have fallen on deaf ears uh, throughout the stretch of the season this year. But, I mean, it's no secret. I talked about it on this podcast, short offseason, because we played so deep into uh, the playoffs last year. And a lot of those teams that were in the conference finals or later struggled out of the gate. And the Hawks were and the Hawks had a lot of injuries coming out of that uh, playoff series of being a little wounded. And I know Reggie Miller stated on the broadcast for for TNT, it looked like none of the players worked on their game this offseason. And maybe it was riding high for the success. Maybe it was injuries and, you know, maybe they felt like they've arrived. And that was definitely a very poignant comment to make about the Hawks. Uh, It was time on times where you can admit that, you know, they haven't watched any Hawks games this year. But, But that comment, I mean, I think it may may hold some weight, and that's why maybe now in the middle of the season, change like you said, nobody is nobody is safe as far as on the trading block. I think John Collins got better. Yeah, I think John Collins is one of the few players who every year comes back and is noticeably better. Like you said, his outside shooting has improved, his defense has improved tremendously, and that's another reason why I would hate to see him go. It's just because he is one of the few players who comes back better each season, but. Uh, I, you know, so like you also mentioned, so many players were injured. You know, Clint Capella, Kevin Herter, uh, Bogey, uh, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, he was playing uh, in the Olympics. Gorgie Jang was playing in the Olympics. Trey Young should have been playing in the Olympics. But, um, yeah, you're right. I, I, I don't think a lot of them got, had much time to improve because of that funky – uh, off, you know, funky offseason. They played until July 3rd, and then training camp started in September. That's not much time to work on your game when you need at least one full month to completely uh, unwind and let your body uh, catch up and recuperate. So, no, uh, I think that was, like you said, a very poignant, uh, very pertinent statement by Reggie Miller. Yeah, so, yeah, so it was t- tough to swallow, but it is what it is, and something that I don't think a lot of Hawks fans really – um, sat back and thought about, uh, which is mm-hmm. why I get points like this on this podcast. Uh, uh, you as an intellectual um, uh, covering the sport, I think you we see eye to eye on that, mm-hmm. that there are other things at play that attribute to the success or failures of a team. And I know you said John Collins. I know I, I have, I still think, even though he's played well, Gallo, with his contract is still mm-hmm. someone that. Oh yeah. You're right. That was a major um, oversight. You're right. He's like the most tradable. You're right. As great as we look right now with this not being available. And I see another tweet as we record about the status or lack thereof of uh, Bogdanovich. He has right knee soreness. He out again for tomorrow's game. Jeez. 
Do you think Bogey somebody who maybe moved either this season or off season potentially? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. You know, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but is he, is his knee really that sore, or are they just not going to jeopardize a key piece of a, a trade? And I can't help it, you know. And we've seen it from this organization before. They'll they'll shut you down if they're ready to trade you and move on. So um, that that's what I'm wondering. I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but are we on the precipice of a trade, and they're just not going to um, not going to jeopardize anything with Bogdanovic? Because I think. That's a that's a real possibility. What are your thoughts? I think what we've seen one one if you pack and Gallo some picks and maybe one other player go yeah. get somebody. And if we oh, yeah. if we're and if we are impatient, we can maybe put that package together. We go get somebody mm-hmm. going to be a blockbuster trade. Um, like for me, the only player I know people say Ben Simmons, C.J. Mm-hmm. McCollum. Mm-hmm. For me, the only player you, you package those pieces to go get if this player is available mm-hmm. is Jalen Brown. He is uh, the only person. He's the only person that I see to go get, trade away those pieces and be fine with. Um, other than that, um, I, I don't know if you heard the last couple of episodes. I have put a theory that, you know what, we do wait it out with someone who can be traded this offseason, Cough, Cough, Clint Capella, who has been out and everyone's <laughs> Fall in love with Okongwu uh, and for the right reasons. And maybe you package Capella with Gallo and Bogey if the team will take it. And I think this team that was just here in Atlanta with a star in Carl Anthony Towns would love to take those three pieces and some picks. And you pair Trey Young and Cat uh, this offseason if Minnesota is willing to take it. You know, that's that's all really. You, you threw a lot at me. There's a lot to unpack there. But I, I agree. I mean, that all tracks. You know, um, I think obviously Okongwu is the center of the future for the Atlanta Hawks. I would be shocked if Capella finishes his contract in Atlanta at this point. Um, there's definitely something to say, hey, let's wait till the offseason instead of trying to, you know, rebuild on the fly. You know, uh, you haven't even had much time to practice and it probably would bring a new set of challenges with chemistry and everything. So that all makes sense. Carl Anthony Towns, man, Hawks fans love bringing up Carl Anthony Towns, and they really love Jalen Brown. I don't know if Jalen Brown warrants that big of a packet. He's never made an all-star game, has he? Um, I Ooh, if he has, it is one. Let me, as the host, let's, fact let's, check. Let's yeah, 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 we'll fact check now. I know it's you're frustrating. Right, you're right. He's one time he made the all-star team last year, yeah, 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I throw that Carl Anthony Towns trade because at times with Bogey being out, mm-hmm. we're missing second person that is that on, on a hierarchy as far as scoring. Danilo Gallinari talked about that sometimes the hierarchy is in question as far as touches mm-hmm. and plays called down the stretch, and it's visibly <laughs> obvious when you look at games down the stretch where you just see the pick and roll. With, Trey Young and everybody else standing around on the three-point line. I think if you bring a Carl Anthony Towns and Brown, you know for sure who that number two is. Someone who can get you 20, 25 on a nightly basis. They can dominate in different parts of the court, so the spacing is still there. Uh, Jalen Brown is going to add that sense of intensity, being a true two-way player who can be a triple, yeah, triple threat scorer. And he is an underratedly decent passer, a really smart ball player. Then you have Carl Anthony Towns, you can just to the post, dominate. Sometimes you're going to have to double team him, which 
He's good at passing out of the post. Someone's going to be open and he can stretch the floor as well. So I think those two will be really good options. Obviously, you'd be able to get them at different points mm-hmm. if or even available. Yeah. But I feel like there should be another trade and maybe TLC that everyone will be happy. He's gone. Uh, is traded uh, for another, you know, similar to that is a little bit better on a defensive end mm-hmm. uh, that they can put on the perimeter uh, with Cam Reddish out now in the question mark of, how many minutes is Kevin Knox actually going to get? Yeah. But as far as that, I mean, I would love to see another trade, mm-hmm. but I'm not. But I mean, we're both in agreement here. We're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe as wow, they look good these next last three games. Maybe we don't need to blow this up yet. No, something's got to change. Yeah, something's got to change. I thought you made a couple really interesting points. I feel like two things. There have been a couple things that have really been missing during Trey Young's tenure. One, he's never had a true number two. There's got to be a Robin to his Batman. Every championship team has two players. we got to have a second superstar if they're going to make that next step. Uh, two, perimeter defense. Obviously, everybody knows that's our Achilles heel. And maybe Clint Capella looks better than, you know, if uh, he's not being forced to, you know, out of his out of his spot so much defensively. And then um, one other thing is it's really frustrating. We're in four, year four of Trey Young, and they still have had trouble finding a true backup point guard. DeLon Wright's been um, adequate this year, but that's another area I would like to see him improve. It's like we've gone through everybody from, you know, uh, Jeff Teague to Rajon Rondo, and uh, we're still cycling through it. It's still uh, something that Travis Schlink struggled with. Yeah, and uh, the back. I want to go on the backup point guard uh, point. I think I like what DeLon Wright provides, but sometimes we don't have a for sure two guard coming off of the bench, depending on where Herter is. Mm-hmm. And I see them as a two. Lou Will has to have the ball in his hand. And I don't think DeLon Wright is a great off ball player. He's a player that needs to be in control of the offense when he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think part of that is, I mean, as much as we love Lou Will, Will being from Gwinnett County here in the Atlanta area, um, I, it is time for, for Lou Will to sunset and yeah. start off his uh, re- retirement life, uh, yeah. something with Magic City uh, here <laughs> in Atlanta. Uh, but I, I feel like a lot of people do not give the enough credit for the little things that he does off the bench, yeah. but certainly he's not the flashy backup point guard mm-hmm. like a Jalen Brunson, who I love. Jalen Brunson's one of oh, my wow, favorite players. Yeah, yeah um, that's cool. Yeah, and yeah, and he's a guy who comes off of the bench when Luke is out, and you know for sure he is running the show on that second unit. And he does an mm-hmm. adequate job, and he can score as well. Yeah. And that we that aggressiveness, especially scoring the ball, I think is what people want to see more. Yeah. DeLon yeah. Wright from backup point guard. Totally. Yeah, so then as far as other theories, we, we talked about all the players that I would like to you know mention going forward, and then we can maybe circle back to that Miami Heat game last night. Outside of those two – Things that should have been changed as far as officiating. What did you see last night um, that maybe should leave for some optimism for these Hawks fans who have had such a? Before I even ask you about that, <laughs> there's so many so many Hawks Twitter it can be very dramatic, yeah. uh, <laughs> and and uh, I love it. I love it, but I'm just <laughs> like guys, just just, just calm down. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are saying this is an embarrassing season. This is an embarrassment. And I challenged him on the episode. I'm like, yo, like, so when y'all went winning 30 games in the season, that wasn't embarrassing. Yeah, um, yeah. I understand the expectations. And yeah, yeah. like, well, yeah, the reality, can, I don't want to say embarrassing, it's disappointing. Um, yeah. do, you, do you, What are your sentiments on 
the first half of this Hawks season. And then obviously we'll circle back to that heat game last night. Yeah. I think the first half of the season was shit. So just flush it and move on. You know, uh, that, that's basically it. There's not much, there's not many positives to pull from it other than that Trey Young is a, a generational point guard. He's the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. He's uh, 23 years old, and I think I think he's proven that everything is win now with Trey Young. We can't afford to waste any seasons because I've espoused this theory many times before. Championship windows, or at least contention windows, close shut very quickly. And we can't, you know, can't afford to waste any time. So I think as long as Trey Young's in a Hawks jersey, you got to be win now. So that's my main thing is that, you know, we found out Trey is that guy. Even with the rule changes, he is that guy. So that, that's that been the only uh, shining, uh, shining component of the first half of the season. And then uh, as for last night, I think it's cool to see them win a tough game, win a game that they probably shouldn't have. I know that they're a one and a half point favorite, but still, uh, we've seen them in that scenario multiple times a season, and they've found ways and invented ways to lose. And it, it looked like last night. Yeah, it was like last night they decided, no, we're not going to lose this game, no matter what. And uh, you know, so that that was exciting. They showed fight, and um, I I still believe in this team, not as they're currently constructed, but I still think that they're going to make the playoffs, and uh, I'm still optimistic. What What are your thoughts? Um, I share the same sentiment as you. Uh, Trey Young, if he's not an all-star this year, Atlanta should riot. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. one, one, one clear thing that we've seen in the first half of this season. Uh, John Collins continues to get better. You've already mentioned that on this program. That was another positive takeaway. And just even without the ability to develop even more because of injury this offseason, as soon as he's both of these players, as soon as they have come back, They've made an impact. DeAndre Hunter and Oyeko Kongu are yes. definitely pieces that are untouchable going yes. forward for the Hawks. And Good point. Even, even with his scoring, his defense, because when you look at his stats, I had, I had a debate with a guy at work who is a Cam Reddish homer. I mean, a lot of people are Cam Reddish homer, and I don't wish yeah. ill will on him. But <laughs> when you look at the stats and then look at their games, there are distinct differences between DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, and there's distinct difference on why DeAndre Hunter is here and Cam Reddish is out. DeAndre Hunter is not afraid to crash the glass. DeAndre Hunter is not afraid to not use putting the ball on the floor to set up a three-point shot, but put the ball on the floor and get into the mid-range and find his shots, Mm -hmm. Uh, get to the basket. And no matter how his shot is, he's going to give energy and effort on the defensive end. Cam Reddish did not do all those things. If he did it, he didn't do it as consistently as uh, DeAndre Hunter when available, and so that's why he is here and Reddish is out. And then Okongu is just – his motor is just insane. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean you said uh, – I think he's the center of the future. That's mm-hmm. why people ask questions like the other night, and maybe Mel had to reinforce, Clint Capella is our starting center here in Atlanta. And then, yeah. we, got, and then we finally got to see the Capella-Okongu lineup last night. That was cool. And um, I, I thought it was really cool to see, to have mm-hmm. that ability to do that. And maybe that is a lineup that, you know, Nate puts in his back pocket because uh, everybody complains about Nate McMillan's lineups and rotations all the time. <laughs> maybe that's a lineup that you pencil in for certain spots yeah. in, a, in, in, a, in a big game down the stretch where you're going against a big team to close mm-hmm. out the season, climb up the standings, or in the playoffs. 
Um, so I just those are the, some of the positives. But other than that, their their heart and their fight in that first half of the season was almost non-existent, and that was very frustrating to watch as in a state now that has seen two champions in the last five six five months yeah. here, um, and see those teams fight and claw and scratch yeah. to battle adversity to get rings and trophies and Atlanta was on the cusp last year and now they're so far. So it, it was frustrating for me to see that, wow, the team that everyone fell in love with last year, that fight and that, that hunger, that effort was not there, but it's starting to return. But now behind the eight ball, I think I saw a statistic that said they had to go 23 and 15 or 22 and 16, whatever the record was to even be 500 in the Eastern right. Conference. It's going to be tough. And then our schedule is favorable down the stretch. The second True. half of the season is a little bit more favorable, so I think the Hawks can get it going. But there's certainly not a lot of room for error. Yeah, they've, they've dug themselves in a hole. I think I agree with all of that. You know, uh, And being 500, that probably is still going to land us in a play-in game. And, uh, you know, because Eastern Conference has improved so much. I was looking at the standings and it's really gotten competitive, you know, over the past couple of years. You know, playing games aren't fun, obviously. And then you come out and then we're going to be, play, you know, facing the Nets or the Heat, maybe the Bucks. We don't know. So, it, you know, they're going to really have to turn it on. Uh, they've started doing that the past three games. Like you said, the, the back half of the schedule is favorable. So hopefully... Fingers crossed, some good health and some good luck, and they can make another run. Hopefully so. And like I, we messaged um, earlier in the week, every game we're going to be saying, this is a (laughs) must must win, must win the whole way because we just dug ourselves into such a deep hole to start the season. And um, one last thing before we go for today, you mentioned the rest of Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. When you look at the standings, can you pick some teams that you like are going to let's say regress to the mean could open up the door for urging Hawks to creep back into the playoff spot when you're looking at the standings now who in the top 10 because obviously top 10 is playing mm-hmm. um do you see maybe regressing and in the Hawks maybe in their spot yeah, I think the Chicago Bulls are the first one to come to mind. Obviously, the bad news about Lonzo Ball, I think it was a day or two ago, and then just hours ago, Alex Caruso's out for two months. He's going to have to uh, get his wrist uh, operated on, I believe, after that cheap shot from Grayson Allen. So I hate to see it. I don't want to see it that way. But, yeah, the Chicago Bulls are about to dip in the standings. Uh, right now they are uh, have the second-best record in the Eastern Conference. They're about to slide. I keep waiting for the Cleveland Cavaliers to come back down to earth. You know, they, they've got to come back down eventually. So I'm going to, so let's talk about them. And then I'm looking down. Um, uh, Charlotte's been playing out of their minds. Um, you know, we got tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be an interesting test tomorrow. So yeah, I guess my three Chicago due to injuries, Cleveland, because I'm just shocked at how well they're playing. And then um, I feel like Charlotte is ahead of schedule in their rebuild. So um, thanks to LaMelo Ball and company. What, what are your thoughts? Well, one, I keep, I, I'm in a group chat for fantasy basketball with a lot of Bulls fans. So mm-hmm. hear this loud. I agree with you. I think they're going to regress. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate that it has to be because of injuries. Yeah. And I hate 
um, that Grayson Allen strikes again, even though I am a, a Duke supporter. Okay. Um, I, I think I think after he left school, a lot of Duke fans do not claim him anymore. Um, no. But uh, but I think Chicago regresses. Uh, people call me crazy because I'm like, is Cleveland real? And they're like, Brad, Darius Garland, Darius yeah. Garland. I'm like, guys, guys, guys. Okay. Um, yeah, I like what I've seen from them. Um, I, I I do, but they are a team that is a possible candidate for regressing. And I think Charlotte kind of stays put, but I think the Washington Wizards are a team okay. that kind of regresses back. Uh, they're they were at one time second or third in, the, yeah. and now they're ninth in the standings at 500. And luckily for the Celtics, they are below 500 right now. So mm-hmm. if we can creep back. And get to a favorable record, 500 could get us at least play in. But obviously, we'd, we'd aim for more. So those are my three candidates. Uh, I think that there are teams that are just going to regress to the mean uh, as things shake out. I think the Knicks will flirt with play in the entire mm-hmm, group. I agree. But I think, but I think when you look at the rosters from top to bottom, uh, when Atlanta is healthy, healthy, they are the better team compared to the Knicks, mm-hmm. then the Boston, then the Washington, Toronto. I can, you know. Toronto, maybe. I mean, I like Toronto. I have a, a soft spot for them. Uh, for sure. I love Flint, uh, Van Fleet and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Barnes has been looking ball. really Yeah, they're playing good ball. We're going to see them shortly, I think twice in a matter of next two and a half. So those are going to be certainly some games there. But mm-hmm. the Hawks certainly have a, have a shot if they just handle business and just take a game to get. That's like, it. Just, like, just, like, at this point, this is – this is a marathon. I mean, I'm a huge Nipsey Hustle fan. The marathon, I, right. I live it every day. Um, every day is a chance to get better. Mm-hmm. Trey Young tweets a new day, a new opportunity almost every day. That's right. And it's, just a, it's just a matter of, you know, just finishing the race, putting the blind like your horse and focusing right. on the finish line. And I like that they have, I wish they would have done it three weeks earlier, four yeah. weeks earlier. <laughs> Hell, hell, start the season off like this, yeah. but uh, just game by game. I think if we can do that, I think mm. you're right. I think we definitely climb back up uh, into the top six or seven in the playoffs, and we don't have to worry about playing. And I know it's Trey Young. Shout it out to true Hawks fans that stuck it through through mm-hmm. this time period. I mean, three game streak is a little early to go ahead and put those uh, narratives mm-hmm. out if you're Trey Young, but certainly we have been riding, uh, obviously because we are tasked with covering this team. But we're going to continue to ride with this team to the wheels fall off. So That's last right. thing before you go, I'm going to see what is your what is the storyline that you're interested in seeing in the second half of the season. You know, I'd like to see how Clint Capella, I'd like to see him bounce back. Uh, I think that'd be interesting. We know Trey, Trey Young's great, so I think it'd be, I'd love to see Clint Capella uh, go back to the way he was playing last year, uh, where he was leading the league in rebounding. Uh, he's still up near the top, but we really need him to to not only, of course, play defense, rebound, but, you know, knock down shots, you know, at the rim. He shoots such an incredibly low percentage right at the rim. And uh, I, I would like to see Clint Capella return to form. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully that nagging Achilles injury is uh, behind him. So uh, I think that would be an interesting uh, story to watch. And uh, hopefully a little bit more consistency from the role players. I think uh, both those things would result in wins. What, uh, how about yourself? I, I love how you mentioned Capella and mm-hmm. him finishing at the rim, especially when Congo at such a young age, he's been doing really well at finishing mm-hmm. around the rim. Mm-hmm. 
And that is something that are like say, okay, Capella, I see you in contract. Let's go ahead and push you out the door. Yeah, um, right. but, yeah they're they're quick. They're, they're, we're quick here at Atlanta. But uh, <laughs> I think the I think the storyline that I'm interested to see is the continuing impact of DeAndre Hunter. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that if he would have remained healthy last year, he would have been in the conversation for most improved player of the year last year. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I, it was because of what I saw, his confidence. His confidence is something that I admire the most about him. When he shoots his jumper, whether it's a three-point shot, his confidence, he just exuberates it. And there's a lot of times I'm like, man, that shot going in. If it doesn't go in, he's still running back. He's getting back on defense and getting set. So mm-hmm. I just want to continue to see his development as a player for the second half of the season. I think he's going to be really crucial, especially tasked with guarding the best wing player on the other team. Maybe not getting as many touches offensively. Maybe that opens up the door for John Collins to be big on those nights. Mm -hmm. But I'm really, really interested to see a healthy DeAndre Hunter play 34 minutes, depending on the game, and see him continue to make an impact on his uh, Atlanta Hawks team. Who do you think – I suck at comps and comparisons, and I've struggled with DeAndre Hunter. Who do you think is a player we should hope that he turns into? Like, obviously, like, we, we all want Kawhi. He's not turning into Kawhi. But, like, OG Ananobi, like, who, who is a player that you think he could potentially turn into? I think OG Ananobi is a really good comparison. And no matter how people feel about this player, this guy is an NBA champion – um, a better defensive version of Harrison Barnes would be really great. Oh, um, if I'm, yeah, uh, if, if, if I'm uh, DeAndre Hunter, because De- I mean, Harrison Barnes is a guy who right now is averaging 21 a game for the mm-hmm. Kings. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, the Kings are the Kings, and we'll yeah. see them pretty shortly, um, and actually on Wednesday, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Arena. But I, yeah. but I think Harris, a, a better defensive version of Harrison Barnes is – is a comp that I would give for DeAndre Hunter. If you if you're a guy like you're always going to find yourself on a team, you're going to get yourself a decent second contract, and if you continue to be consistent, you're going to get a rather decent third contract. I mean, you're almost you're only pretty much guaranteed two big two decent contracts in the NBA, and then after that, you kind of are who you are. And I think DeAndre yeah. Hunter is a guy who can be that guy that can maybe squeak out a third contract because of consistency and reliability on both ends if he's available. That's awesome. No, that's a really good, man. See, this is why I love talking to you, man. You always make me think. I learn something new. I laugh. Sometimes I cry a little bit. So this is why I always enjoy talking to you, Brad. Pat, it was an absolute pleasure to get you on the show today. Yeah. This is not gonna this is not gonna be the last time uh you on the show awesome. yet, because I had a wonderful conversation with someone else who covers the team. Uh, and this is great to, you know, not talk to myself uh, <laughs> on same, the show. Same. Uh I know with work and school, it's hard for me to, you know, get some guests, but I'm glad I got a rock star here. And uh Pat, go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find you, what you got going on. And guys, you need to need to do whatever you can if you need to Follow him. Look at his articles because this man is preaching the gospel as far as the Atlanta Hawks. You may not want to hear it, but you need to hear it. That's what, <laughs> that's what Pat does. So, Pat, let them know. Yeah, you man, you're too, yeah, you're too you kind. You you're too kind. I don't know about all that. But, yeah, definitely uh, follow me on Twitter at Pat Benson Jr. And uh, go to Sports Illustrated. Click on the Atlanta Hawks. So we got you covered 24-7. 
And uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it. It's like I said, I'm a fan of your content. I can't wait to see how your career uh, continues to progress. You're the man. Thank you for having me. Really, it's appreciated. Man, Pat, thank you again for your availability. I mean, now I have two favorite Florida Gator fans uh, that <laughs> I can I can heckle, but also I can, you know, give credit where credit is due. Hopefully I can't give you credit uh, in Death Valley next year, uh, but uh, it is it is what it is. Uh, but if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it and everybody about new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks and tell everybody about Pat Benson Jr. covering the Hawks on Sports Illustrated. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, football fans, ceiling fans. It doesn't matter if they have ears or they have eyes that want to read or listen about the Atlanta Hawks. Put them on the both of us. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That is at Ethos Hawks and follow myself. Brad Jarrett 67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. Let's go, Hawks. We travel up to Charlotte. Let's get a dub tomorrow to make it four straight. They continue to climb up the Eastern Conference standings to get back into the playoff push. Push and peace.